Good evening. Welcome to the, quite frankly, Christmas coffee shop. Don't mind the pianist. I am so happy to be here with you tonight. It feels like a Monday, but also a Friday. Because last night I was off. I can't tell you, you know, if you, if any of you were watching the, the, the coffee stream that I did this morning... Um, in the kitchen uh, to talk about last night in the excursion at the Christmas castle. Well, I collected a lot of footage last night, like I said I would, because the dis- the, uh, the connection over there was not going to be good enough. So I got a lot of things on tape. That'll be a part of our Friday night, December 22nd programming next week when I have my family in. I think my parents are coming in and stuff like that. That'll be fun again. And I have plenty to talk about because last night, not only was I doing my thing with the with the family up at uh, Lyndhurst in Tarrytown, where my father's the pretty much like the art director there and decorated everything by hand, um, but at home, on quite frankly TV, we had a rerun playing of a Christmas special from 2019 that we did that was so revealing, and I had to scribble myself notes, and it hit me so hard, it really did. And I think a lot of what we do on uh, next week is going to be predicated on that, at least at least for a couple of good topics of conversation. So I've got to go do that. I have to watch it again myself, too. The observations were incredible. It's stark at, some t- at times as well. But, um, but also next week, that's on, that's on Friday night with family. On Thursday night, there's going to be a lot of friends, maybe a little bit family, too. Thursday night's going to be a lot of friends. You're going to see what we're doing on Thursday night next next week. It's going to be fantastic. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I don't know. It'll Everything will... Uh, we have so many little Christmas traditions on this show that I'm going to find no problem. There's going to be no problem in filling in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I just hope that you are along for the ride. And along for the ride tonight at his corner of the room is Matt. Matt, how the hell are you doing? Hello, Francis. You feeling well? I'm good. You know who we're talking to tonight? Whom is that? Fleckus. Oh, yes, indeed. He's back. He's back. He's better than ever. You remember all the Fleckus Fridays we did together? Yeah. Yes. It's been a few years. It's been. It's been a while. You know that song? Yes. <laughs> I do know that song. I can't believe. Well, anyway, yes, it's been a while, and Fleckus is on. It's going to be a great time, as always, as it always was. And I think it's been about two years. May have been. So we'll see. So uh, he's been here since the darkness took over the country. He's been on the show after that. Who? Flaccus? Yeah. After no. Biden took over, you said two years, right? I don't know if he was on in 2021. I seriously don't know. I don't know the last time. I'd have to go check. Um, maybe in 21 somewhere, but definitely not 22. It's just going to be great. Everybody, listen, everybody's got a lot of things going on and we're all busy. But I'm glad to uh, circle back around and chill out, especially on a on a Christmas season like this. So Matt's here, and all I would like to say is thank you to everybody that's watching, and also thank you to our sponsors. Uh, it's really crunch time now. There's lots of wonderful things that you can do 
to stuff some stockings and to give some gift bags and all that other stuff for for christmas it's all on quite frankly's affiliates page uh everything from the coffee to the survival gear to the gold and silver um there's a lot more and you know th there's a little here's a little something for you too this was a an email i got just for anybody who's looking into it uh, this is an email I got from Brooke Smith, who's in the audience, and she said, Frank, I hope all is well with you and yours. I'm just catching up on last night's show while working in the studio, as per usual. I wanted to let you know that I'm offering 20% off of my website for all Franklies and Franciscans through December 16th. That's tomorrow. All listeners need to do is enter the code frankly at checkout to receive it. What, what does she do? She said, well, uh, I am a jewelry maker, and this is one way to use or hoard your precious metals. Wear it as jewelry and pass it down for generations, she said. So if you want to go check out Brooke's uh, jewelry shop, which is called a Pinch of Grace Jewelry, you go to pinchofgracejewelry.com and use promo code FRANKLY for 20% off. There you go, some last-minute jewelry. I like that. Uh, I like that pitch there, too. You know, to uh, a better way to hoard or use your precious metals, to wear it. There you have it. Okay, and here's one more thing I'd like to say. I got a birthday, a birthday wish that came in from two good friends of mine. Hi, Frank. Melanie and I had the pleasure of meeting and talking with you at Jay's retreat in Vermont. Of course, I know. We were the mother-daughter duo from Jersey. I know. This is Linda and Melly Mel from Jersey. Linda says Melanie's birthday is on December 16th tomorrow. I Oh, man, I didn't wear my wedding ring. Oh, shit. Are you sure or you didn't misplace it again? No, no. I took it off when I was working out, and I didn't put it back on. Damn. <clears throat> it's hard to do a pull-up when you have when you have a, a ring on. I'm sorry, Lauren. Well, I'm single tonight, so have at it. Melanie's birthday is on December 16th. I would love for you to wish her a happy birthday. I'm not sure if you can make this happen, but if you can also ask Fleckus to wish her a happy birthday, too. She's a fan of Fleckus. Well, we'll see. I don't know. That might be too tall of an order. I don't know if I have that much in the bank left. Uh, Melanie has grown into a beautiful, intelligent, caring woman that any mother would be proud of. Every December 16th, I am reminded of how truly special she is. And, I, and you, you guys and gals may remember this story from years ago. She said, I discovered I had cancer when I was just two months pregnant with her. The doctor told me I needed to terminate the pregnancy and immediately start treatment. The cancer I had was aggressive. I couldn't end the life of my baby. I decided to have my baby and put my life and hers in God's hands. I found another doctor and together we agreed upon a treatment plan. God not only blessed me with 26 cancer-free years, he gave me the best gift of all, Melanie. So thank you and God bless you, Linda. Isn't that amazing? And they really are wonderful people. I got to hang out with both of them in Vermont. And and uh, happy birthday, Melanie. Just wonderful. All right, uh, 7.05. Matt, we have a little something over here. Now that everybody's feeling nice and grateful, uh, I'm going to take you down to the, to the depths of mystery just for a second before we kick this off and bring on Fleckus. Okay, here it is from ABC News Go. Now, this is an international story, and I think that you might find it um, particularly interesting, given that you are such a, an avid outdoorsman and a conspiracy theorist yourself, Matt. Here it is. No, nope, that's just a blank screen. I keep doing this to myself. All right, here we go. 
missing at age 11, found six years later in France. A United Kingdom teen pops up one rainy night. So this story is incredible. The vehicle's headlights silhouetted the exhausted teenager walking alone in the rain in deepest rural France with a skateboard tucked under his arm. I said to myself, that's strange. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. It's raining. He's all by himself on the road between two villages. Delivery driver Fabian Atsendini recounted. From there, the story gets stranger still. The youngster, it turned out, was Alex Batty, a 17-year-old from Britain who had been missing since 2017. British and French authorities confirmed on Friday that the teenager found by this driver this week was the boy who vanished at age 11 when his mother and grandfather took him on what was meant to be a two-week holiday in Spain. Instead, it turned out to be a six-year odyssey through Morocco, Spain, southwest France, living an off-grid life. Until this week, Batty suddenly popped up back on the radar on, on Wednesday. That's when this driver, Axendini, found him alone in a remote French road and delivered him to the safekeeping of French police. The youngster told French investigators that he, his mother, and his father had moved from house to house carrying their own solar panels, growing their own food, living with other families, meditating, and contemplating reincarnation and other esoteric subjects. What? It was a nomadic life, said police officer Leah something. The only constants, the only things that they carried with them were these solar panels and their vegetable plants. The teenager decided to put an end to his roaming, parting ways with his mother after she told him she wanted to move again to Finland, said French prosecutor Antoine Leroy. He and this officer, a commander in the, the uh, something, I can't say these stupid, I hate these words, spoke at the news conference in southwestern France city of Toulouse. Toulouse, <laughs> when his mother indicated that she intended to leave for Finland with him, this young man understood that the journey had to stop, so he ran away. He said he couldn't employ the term sect to describe how mother and grandfather and Batty lived. The term he used was spiritual community. He was never locked up, but he was always obliged to live in these conditions until he decided to go his own way. Can you imagine that 11 years old having the balls? just to say I can't do this anymore and you actually go off and you you make your way through the world for six years before you're yeah. just that's and to have a skateboard for that long too I know well, yeah, oh, I'm sure it wasn't a six year old skateboard those things don't last you very long especially if you're using it in the rain uh, let's see here he decided his own ways he walked for four nights resting during the days fed him with different things that he found in the fields or gardens before the delivery driver picked him up the prosecutor said wait a second no 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 that's not what happened what a taxi picked him up what happened well it sounded like he was he let he did run away at 11 that's what I'm reading okay, right yeah I mean that's so then what is this four days thing? I mean, it sounds like, yeah, maybe he didn't. Maybe uh, they just disappeared at 11 with him. Until and he, he was reported missing by the grandparents? He, no, because he decided to go his own way. Batty walked for four nights, resting during the days, and fed himself with different things that he found in the fields or gardens before the delivery driver picked him up. That's the recent story. So what the hell's this four days? He said, if he had already been gone for six years. I'm getting confused now, and this is not serving anybody well. Maybe it's a time travel conspiracy. 
I think we're going to have to re, uh, re, uh, revisit this in the second half when we have a little bit more time. We also have something else. I know that you gave some survival tips. Uh, we're going to cover an old story of mid-air, high-altitude survival. And, um, and you have written some of your own tips if, you, if, if anybody ever finds themselves in this position. If you're, yeah, if you're hanging on a plane, if you're about to fall, yeah, these, this will help you out. If you've been sucked out of a cockpit and are dangling from the window of a plane. Yes. All right. Well, this is going to help you. Don't miss the show tonight, whatever you do. And remember, at the top of the hour, we'll be jumping off to, quite frankly, .tv, to pill.net. Uh, so there you have it. And uh, away we go. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gents. We're getting started right now, and Fleckus Talks is coming up on the other side of the intro. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So we're back in the saddle for a Friday night. It's the 14th of December. And um, it's, well, no, no, it's not the 14th, it's the 15th. It's the 15th of December. Tomorrow's the 16th. Losing track of everything. This is the end of December burnout time for me. It's 12 months of trying to keep everything straight. And now I just, I, it's almost like senior spring. It's just, let's just, let's just chill already. Well, we've got a perfect guy over here to chill with tonight. Perfect guy to chill with tonight as we bring back for the first time in a little while. Everybody's, all, of course, on their own little journeys and adventures in life. And this man is an adventurer. Our good buddy Fleckus is back. Oh, my. I know. I didn't think we'd ever see the day again. How are you, my friend? Uh, how was it been? A few weeks, Frank? <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah, what. sorry about that. Two uh, two year hiatus, right? It's kind of disappeared for a little bit. Well, dude, I almost you lost my shit, but I'm back. I, I mean, dude, you uh, you've been doing a lot of work. I mean, you completely uh, rebranded. Uh, well, not not completely rebranded, but you you've gone in a uh, I, I, what I think is a a much more sustainable and fun and stress free um, uh, direction with the podcast and everything like that. I mean, you were the you were the big imposing figure man on the street but you haven't done a lot of that recently how do you feel about it all yeah I, I mean man on the street uh i love doing it it was super popular um we got some great content obviously over the years i think i did like a hundred and something of them 
Uh, and I was inspired to go into the streets originally by Owen Schroer. Uh, he was like the first man in the street guy that I saw uh, that really got me excited. Um, but then afterwards, you know, we kind of we kind of got all the content. I think we saw everything that could happen. Everyone saying the crazy things. Trump's worse than Hitler. Nobody voted. Everyone was willing to get violent. No one had any backup information on the claims they made. And then I, I, what actually happened, which made me uh, more assured in my decision to start doing the podcast, was there's a lot of man the street people came up behind me uh, afterwards. Uh, yes. So there's like a whole another generation now that kind of came out afterwards. Those were the guys that covered all the Portland riots. Um, and then now it's like the man in the street lane is completely, I don't want to say saturated, but there, there's a ton of man on the street people getting all the man on the street content. So I'm happy about that. I kind of went a different direction with the podcast. I've just been grinding that out for two years now. Uh, we're at 132 episodes. Uh, so that's been a grind in itself, but I'm really happy with the direction it's gone. I think it's been fun and funny and entertaining for people. So oh, yeah. it's a little, mis little different from the original Man on the Street stuff, but we're still hopefully having a good impact. Well, you know, like I said, you were the, uh, the, 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 you were the imposing figure that, that, neutra that neutralized your own... Uh, your own stature with a curious wooden spoon in hand and um and now it's just uh, I, I when you started doing this week in culture is um is when i was really i said okay i i can see where he's going with this and this is a lot better a you can be a little bit more uh you know you can put your roots down lay your roots down a little bit you don't have to be moving all over the country whenever you see another woman's marches popping up and like you said before I mean, how many how many more uh, variations of the same answer are you going to get out of people? Or how many times are you going to just realize that people mostly don't have answers? They're being triggered into the streets for one reason or another. So it was um, it was great because what you're doing, what what you started doing with the um, with the uh, this week in culture is, I think everybody was seeing a lot of these clips, these horrifying, uh, just mystifying clips of how people are really just fried at this point mm -hmm. and and we're all able to watch it together and just kind of have our mouths dangling open in in uh in 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 unbelief it's just it's been good it's been a lot more therapeutic what you're doing now yeah and then those clips too they always get scrubbed from the internet eventually and they're kind of hard to find and they go viral quick in like the right wing space but then they kind of disappear so i kind of have like a time capsule of every single thing that happened from like 2020 to present day so one day in the future, whoever wins and ends up writing history, hopefully the clips we have saved on all these hard drives forever in order will hopefully play a, you know, a key role in something and trying to tell what, you know, the truth of what actually happened. So, you know, I think that I don't know the last time you were actually on speaking of 2020, but it might have been 2020. Because 20 I think it was right before 2020, the election, probably. I mean, hey, so I mean, what? Um... And and really quick, just so you know, yeah. I haven't done a news hit or anything in since then, basically. Like you were probably one of the last couple news hits I ever did, and I haven't done another one pretty much since. I think I did a couple in 2021 for COVID or something, but I haven't done one in two years. Oh, so what, it, so so back. it wasn't personal. Oh, of course not. No, no. People message me. They're like, oh, are you mad at Frank? And I'm like, no. I'm just like schizophrenically spiraling, trying to figure my future out and trying to build something. Dude, I, I, that's 
that's where we all are. I mean, I'm I, I, I I'm trying a lot of things. Uh, I, I know I know what I love doing, but the real thing is, hey, it, it's it's not like uh, it, it's very hard. It's very uh, it's very challenging to try to 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 reach people. You know that there are a majority, not all eight billion people on the planet, but you know a good majority are connected to the internet or they have access to something that is connected to the internet but the real mystifying thing is how are you able to introduce yourself to them and how are you able to stay in touch with them without having to give all of your hard work over to third-party platforms that in one way or another when you you know one day you're so high on them the other day they either go obsolete or they become politically infected in some way it's it's um you know it's 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 a challenge to do this and build a, a media brand, especially on your own when you don't have a lot of funding. Yeah, it definitely is a challenge and there's no one really in our corner helping us, looking out for us. If we were on the left, in the left wing space doing a progressive show that exposed right wingers for whatever, like that would be catchy. They would promote that, that would be really viral. Um, but yeah, well, the, the space we're in, uh, it's a very much an uphill grind. No one's gonna help you and then if you aren't consistent with the content you're, you're done so that's kind of what you said before for the man in the street for me like i knew that i couldn't rely on just being at a protest or being somewhere at an event or something happening forever i kind of needed to find another voice um with the audience i built from the man in the street videos that was enough you know in line with the goal and the message but yeah, it's it's tough out here. Congrats on 100k subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> oh. So I just noticed that number. Thank you. I I wish that uh, anytime I posted something on there, more than uh, 5,000 people were told about it. Though that would be nice. It's like a you know, it's like empty calories. 100,000 empty calories because you don't <laughs> yeah. you, you don't really reach them all. But thank you so much, man. Um, I will say that with 100k, it's more of a testament of the times actually uh, spent on the platform than. Uh, how viral the the stuff is because I, I I I don't know how long it took us but still um, let me ask you this were you this is a little odd question but were you in LaGuardia Airport around November second by any chance no okay a friend of ours thought that they uh, that they had seen you um, so you, you might have a doppelganger we have a lot of doppelgangers it's probably what it was <laughs> yeah you do actually actually I have one over here for you too. This was sent in to me from somebody in the audience. His name is Jim. He goes by Pickled Gamer on the internet. He's a, he's a, um, a live streamer and gaming and all that, and, uh, and he likes the show, and he also loves your work. Well, during lockdown, here's what he said to me. Frank, here are pictures I told you about me and Halloween. I was fleckus for Halloween during shutdown, and I went to some bars with my wife, and only one person knew who I was and was very, very excited. And I have him. Hold on a second. I have him up on Let me get him on screen. And here That's you how go. it goes, though. It's like no one knows who the person is, and then one person is very excited because they know exactly who I am. That's hey. funny. Well, you know what it is? The spoon. He's got the spoon wrapped around the camera. And he's all, you know, and, and of course the yellow vest. Yeah. So there you go. And that is, uh, made it, seem, made it seem like I used to work at the events. I wear a, ve a vest and they go, oh, this guy must be somehow officially involved in this. No, oh. those are good days. Dude. But you know, that's, <laughs> that's the other thing here too. I'm sure. And, and, and my buddy's Matt is here again. You you guys all remember of each course, other, right? I know yeah. Matt. Yeah. What's up, man? What's up, Matt? Well, listen, uh, I think that we all know that we're going down the um, the shitter quick as far as mental um, coherence. I think that we're 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 really really frayed, and 
if you think about what's going on with people inside their heads and what's going on playing out inside in society at large i think another really great thing about your transition to other ways of delivering what you want to do in this media new media space best time in the world to get out before people really just have no other way of expressing themselves except through violence because it's it's not i wouldn't want to be in these streets man i mean you'd have to you'd out of every 10 protests i don't know how many would be the safest you'd have to really start making big considerations about that your size already bailed you out most of the way nobody probably wanted to screw with you but um it's, it's starting to get really unpredictable yeah, it really is. And that was that's kind of like the difference in energy. Like when I first started in 2017, there weren't a ton of man in the streets people. And my energy and way I was interacting with everyone was very polite. What are you here for? What does your sign say? And then people would come over and say, oh, he's a Trump supporter. He's right winger. And I would go to the person inter I was interviewing and I would say, did I ask you any trick questions? All I'm saying is, what are you doing here? Like, what's the protest about? Uh, but now the energy, if I was back out there, would be a lot different because originally it was well i just want to hear both sides and i want people who watch my channel to see each side and decide which side they want to be on now the kind the lines are kind of drawn at this point oh yeah and especially with joe biden after a few years it's like if you're watching this and you're still a, a hardcore progressive leftist person your brain's kind of cooked and we can't save you so it's like it's less of like me trying to convince people to come on our side and more of like hey the lines are drawn which side are you on left or right and that's kind of like the energy shift i've noticed over the years because anyone who's rational or reasonable they've at this point been pushed out of the far left progressive mob so anyone who's left is just like aggressive and kind of an idiot yeah i'm with you on that and i'm starting to think um i'm starting to think more and more obviously just to talk about left and right in the kind of in the context as we have here in united states politics is kind of ridiculous because even republicans are are uh far left when you really uh when you really have something to contrast it against like you know the constitution or any founding document that we have but here's the other thing there is something going on now where i think you have really people like you have ex have shown just by putting the microphone in people's faces and asking basic questions that there is a bottle rocket without a stick kind of randomness to everything and that nobody really has any coherent thoughts and they really grind against each other they contradict and it creates a lot of i don't know it creates a lot of frustration where they almost spurg out at the end they just have to go some of them will just kind of hang their head and say sorry i don't know what i'm talking about but it's it's creating a lot of friction here and i think that it's so far beyond saying oh it's in this direction left or that direction right it's kaleidoscopic I, be, I feel like we're inside of a kaleidoscope and we're getting all this fractal, uh, this fractal art just splitting in front of our faces. It reforms into different shapes and nothing expressed, nothing uh, really compiles these thoughts of mine better than the video that we just got coming out of the White House a day ago. The Christmas video. Matt, did you see the Christmas video? Disgusting. Uh, hold on, I'm going to play this. I know Fleckus has seen it, so it, it doesn't matter. We Most of the shit in it had nothing to do with Christmas. Oh, I know. I mean, it's not. And remember, when you're watching this, that they how they freaked out a, a few years ago when the Trump White House gave yeah. gl gave a glimpse of the nativity. There was a nativity scene. All right. Now take a look at this.
like a horror movie. I can't. I, I, I can't. People are scary as fuck. Dude, it goes on for for two more minutes of them <laughs> tap dancing. Two more LGBT minutes. LGBTs literally coming out of the woodwork. Just <laughs> behind every door, behind every wall, there's another gay person. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's just one. It's just one gay, gay person after another. Um, there's not. I mean, I don't know what. To, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. It's um, you know, I look at this and I think it's Alice in Wonderland meets The Shining, and. Yeah. Because it, it's just the colors of everything. It's it really feels like Alice in Wonderland meets The Shining, especially with the weird animal masks. I, it's like the, it, I feel like there should be like two half butchered twins in at the at the, the far end of a uh, of a hallway over here. But man, what, what, what do you think? What do you think about this? Because I saw one thing came in about you, um, Fleckus that I really want to throw into your corner and then you can just give me some thoughts. This came from a comment that came from Reality Biter in the comment section. It said Fleckus, and I think this really comes and uh, and and speaks to what we're talking about with this commercial and everything. Fleckus, sometime over the past few years, you were visiting a rally and it was a bunch of blue-haired freaks that were soiling themselves in hatred. As I recall, you interviewed one woman, and sorry if I misgendered her, and said, look, uh, look at all this beautiful human energy here. Think of what we could do if we focused it. We could travel to other planets, man. In rockets? Yeah. Maybe, uh, made, but, but rockets made by these people? Well, no, but somebody. And that is the, uh, that's pretty much it. The Glee Club should stay in the drama department and be in charge of the silly plays no one ever watches. They cannot produce. They cannot govern. Honestly, they cannot even vote responsibly. I love that clip. If you can ever find it, please play it again. It was priceless. Do you know what he's talking about? I know exactly what he's talking about. I was wearing a flannel shirt. I think I was interviewing Anomaly, um, who was explaining kind of right after that. Um... But yeah, some young women made uh, death threats against the President Trump at the time. And then, yeah, it, it was uh, basically like sum up what you're saying. It's like, and especially in the White House now, anything that's uh, normal is like the problem. Like the old ways of is was normal. And then it's like, oh, we have problems now. So we need to go away from the old ways. So anything that's not normal is like new and then new is not old and old is white. So it's like, there's kind of layers to it, uh, yeah. but they're really making an effort to just be as non-normal as possible to give a voice to like the new people who haven't had a voice, but normal actually is great for 90% of society, 80%, you know, 85% of society fits into normal pretty good. And then now we're just kind of worrying about the outliers. Uh, but yeah, that clip was from a downtown LA protest with Anomaly. It was a good one. It was a good one for sure. I, I and I probably have seen it. And you know, there's a lot of things that stick out over the over the years. Things that people say in certain situations, and so much is uh, so much of it is organic. And that's one of those things where you say, "Oh, yeah, there's a lot of great human uh, potential right here." That, that's what I felt when we started to go down to um, to check out any of those Occupy Wall Street. Uh, demonstrations when they popped up in like 2011 I started thinking to myself wow we're in Zuccotti Park in New York and there's a bunch of people camping out and I'm going down there thinking okay well, we're gonna we're gonna be some man on the street stuff it's the only time I ever did man on the street 
and we went down to just interview people because I'm thinking they're occupying Wall Street. It's a nice, youthful movement. And I'm looking for end the Fed people. I'm looking for Ron Paul people. I'm looking. I found one end the Fed person. Out of all the hundreds of people down there, it was a bunch of Marxists asking for student loan forgiveness, asking for all different types of uh, new layers of taxation that can be then redistributed. The wealth can be redistributed from uh, investment banks and investors and, and, you know, just upper class uh, individual citizens of the country so that they can have things that they believe is, is due to them. I said, oh, no, so much for good human energy. This is just fucking, ugh. And of course, that's 2011. So here we are. Uh, it's, it's and then good. once they added intersectionality to that, then it be then like that's what obviously happened. The more recent protests where you have a certain protest for a certain thing, and then you add and also people of color and also LGBT rights, and then it all intertwines. And then it's kind of like, well, what was the original thing we're here for? Because like Occupy, I, I was never a fan, but like there are things like you said, like and the Fed and there are certain monetary issues, printing money, gold standard where you could kind of be like, is this what you guys are talking about? Because that actually would solve some problems, but then they mix it up with all this other stupid stuff. And then you have people debating the other stupid stuff. And then we're kind of going like this with each other when the people who are doing the bad banking and the taking us off the gold standard and the Federal Reserve and the money printing, they're, they're kind of like just positioning us to go against each other and no one realizes who the real problem is. Oh, and that's yeah. kind of like the tail of the tape for, you know, forever. Well, aside from all of that, that bottom of the barrel, um, uh, I would say, uh, bumping of heads and the all of the societal discord that is is kind of like produced out of nowhere to keep us all at each other's throats. There is also a, a these thicker layers of predictive programming that continues to be given to us. And I did not see this new Obama film on uh, on Netflix. I want to go uh, check it out, especially since we've been we've been waiting for anything that is supposed that is going to come and bolster the Klaus Schwab announcements from 2020 about how oh you thought COVID was bad that's going to be a minor inconvenience compared to a full-on cyber pandemic they've been telling us this for a couple of years now and now it's starting to be you know we got a summer of NATO summits and everybody talking about article 5 and how cyber attacks can be a part of that we got that then a little bit of a lull then there were cyber polygon a little bit of a lull and now we're getting major major messaging again not only from the news about China and cyber attacks and all this other stuff, but now the movies, um, especially when you know when the sourcing is coming from, you had seen this before. What would you think about it? Yep, I saw it. Um, you know, it was entertaining. It was nice production, uh, but there's definitely subliminal messaging for sure. Um, there was even like a, a moment where the two kids, one kid's wearing an Obey shirt and then the girl is wearing a NASA shirt. So it says Obey NASA which is like, yeah. come on, a little on the nose. And then uh, there's a part, no spoilers, but there's a part where all the Teslas are crashing into each other. They're just empty cars just programmed and crashing on the highway. So like crash Tesla is kind of what I took from that. Uh, and they and then they really made it seem like, um, they, they really tried to break stereotypes. So the main character who was black, uh, he owned the house that Sandra Bullock and her husband were staying in. And he's on the board of the Philharmonic. 
you know? Yeah. Really breaking stereotypes. You yeah, know? I know. Really breaking stereotypes there. And Sandra Bullock's a racist and doesn't trust black people, but the black people uh, don't trust white people, but rightfully so, because they keep explaining how all of society's problems are because of like white selfishness and white manipulation. And, you know, it's time for it would be different if other people were in control and in power. So they kind of had that subliminal messaging. And then it kind of makes me think if they do cut the power, the message that people are going to have is like, oh, the power's out. We probably got into another problem because of, you know, white people got us here into this, these problems. And then with the power going out for extended periods of time, especially if there's an event right before it. So I don't want to like get too conspiratorial or too spirally here, but like imagine if you had a George Floyd situation uh-huh. Like imagine it's 2020. George Floyd situation happens, and then the power goes out. You have like a purge situation. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and the purge also does is the the predictive programming too. So there is a world where the power goes out right after something unfortunate happens, and then you have a lot of mad people with all these different things telling them in their brain from all different angles, from all different corporations and media and content that like white people are the ones who screwed everything up. And then there's gonna be a moment where it's like, hey, the power's out. All the security systems are down. All the phones are dead. We can kind of do whatever we want. And it was already like, the groundwork was already laid out in, with BLM in 2020, where you can kind of do whatever you want, not get in trouble. But now imagine that with the cover of less tech. A uh, less tech, so kinda, less tech so and of course- what I see. And the permission. I mean, I, yeah. I, have, I have not seen this other one, uh, but I want to see it this weekend. And then I saw the release of a uh, of a trailer today for some movie called the uh, the, the Magic Negroes. Did oh, you yeah, did you I see that? that? Now um, yeah. you, you want to talk about even the soft messaging uh, of this stuff? Where I mean, the ba- based on just a two minute trailer that they put out there, you have this one. I guess this this meek looking, you know, unassuming uh, black, maybe not teenager, maybe a little bit older, and he is. He's being told and he's being taught how you essentially need to go through, walk through this minefield of life with a almost like a magical sense of knowing your surroundings and knowing how to appease white people who are so fragile and and are so on edge that if, if you don't have some kind of a, almost like a magic quality to you, they will just gobble you up. And it's not only that, but you need to be able to be able to represent yourself in all things and matter of love and all that other shit. And, and, and it's just from two minutes. Who knows what the hell it is? But the, again, there is the even in movies that are supposedly lighthearted. It's based upon it's based upon we come up in a world where we have to watch out because the per- we, we live amongst piranha. And it is, it's so unsettling. And I under- you know what I really appreciated? You might've seen it too. Steven Crowder, what he did this week, um, he went in, he did, a, he did an episode where he went into a barber shop and he was hanging out with a bunch of you know black patrons and black barbers and all that, and really just tried to you know, shake people awake and remember that our everyday experiences around other people, uh, they are not as bad as you know. There's still bad work being done out there. There's generations of children they're trying to ruin. They're trying to make us look at each other as if we are racial and class enemies and sexual enemies and all that other shit. So they're, they are making inroads and they are ruining people, but but 
there's so many people in the world and the average experience of just leaving the house is not that bitter and we got to yeah. keep that in mind because the, because as you can see the messaging as you said they are giving people the reason to do whatever the hell they want when the lights go out and as far as the lights going out here's one for, one for you this is from today this is from newsweek headline donald trump may quote turn off the internet end quote if elected former staffer says mm. talk about projection my friend yeah talk about I'm projection. Sure that's trump's plan <laughs> yes that's yeah that's trump's plan all right so that's where we're at. What you said is, oh, sorry to interrupt. No. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I'm done. Well, I was going to say, what you said is very true because the more people are glued to their phones, the less they're person to person interacting. And then the easier it is to convince them that the person to person interacting is dangerous or it's bad or white people want you dead or whatever. Um, and that's why with This Week in Culture, I try to always end it on uplifting gold, I call it. So it's like just something to kind of, and even in my show, I always end the show with uplifting gold. And I always say, don't get too down. Don't get too depressed. We're moving on to uplifting gold. Just to kind of remind people, like you can still have a baby who's learning how to walk. You can still take your kid to a baseball game. Like it's not fully toast and fully gone yet, Mm. but it might be after 2024, to be honest. I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want, if if in 24, if, if we don't win, they're going to do amnesty pretty quick. And then in 2028, they'll say, vote for us uh, or the Republicans will deport you. And then we'll never win another election again, I think. Well, it's, it's already very hard to think about how, how you can win an election aside from uh, we're talking about landslides to the in voter participation. Yeah. Voter participation. We have to have like a landslide to the point that no matter what is done to oppose it, it's like you can win even with whatever they're going to cook up. It, we have to win by like 15%. Well, dude, Ugh. as we were going into 2020, I remember talking to you about this because, uh, you, know, you know, leading up to November of that year, we all got one on each other's shows and we're asking the question, so what do you think we're going to be talking about this time next year? I know at this point in 2023, uh, that's another big question. What the hell are we doing on December fifteenth, twenty twenty-four, when the when the election is already over a month behind us? Where who know? And and that's just uh, that's on top of just ten months or eleven months of of twenty twenty-four in general. Who knows? But we we were saying back then, you know, that. when we were asking, hey, you, you think that, that Trump's going to win? He's got a shot in twenty twenty. I said the real question is whether or not he's going to be able to overcome fraud. It's the only thing, mm-hmm. the only thing that, that, that I think, and now this, who, who, who knows, man, who knows, but the predictive programming on this is, is really, really something else. And I, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just nuts. It, it's just the hellhounds. Did you see that the porn that was made in the, I in did. the Senate chamber? Matt, did you see yeah, that? No, no. Fleckus, Fleckus, I, I don't have about? time anymore. I used to wear I I during uh, fr- every Friday, dude. I watched Fleckus your podcast since episode one. Oh, like I thank wa- you, Matt. It, it's kind of hard to now because I'm work. I can't like I was driving around listening to it. I look forward to to yeah. Well, best then, new podcast of all much. time, man. The best new podcast hey, of all thank time. You. <laughs> best new podcast of all time. Like the phrase itself makes no sense. I but, love it. Yeah, best new podcast ever. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, tell tell me. Yeah. So there was a there was a gay sex tape made in the Senate hearing room, which kind of makes sense at this point because we had the the trans White House party, we had the Sam Britton luggage twink, we had the monkeypox guy, 
And the final piece, the 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 piece de resistance is the gay sex in, in the building. Was it a professionally done porn no, or no, was it like no. a voyeurism? No, no. No, no. They're using It was like a video just recorded like selfie cam. I just put a pot of coffee on. I'm going to be watching the video all night. I'm going to be looking for clues. <laughs> <I'm> be- <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to get to the bottom. over and over and over. I'm trying to get the uncensored version so I can just find clues, you know? Yeah. Going uh, to get to the bottom <laughs> of this really one. It really was disgusting, Matt. It was bad, and it was a, a staffer of, I forget which senator. Ben Cardin. Yeah. It was Ben Cardin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They'll probably get in trouble. They'll probably get fired, but they'll, it'll be... A slap on the wrist. Well, a slap yeah. on the dainty wrist. On the dainty wrist. Well, here it is. It's a, the, the Daily Caller not conf- had not confirmed the identities of either party in the amateur porn video. So there's two guys in the Senate chamber that are just... It's just... Dude, it, it everything... We there's need to burn down left. the Senate chamber there's now nothing, and nothing, rebuild it. There's yeah. nothing left Way to be shocked about. Way worse than January 6th. Way worse than January 6th. <laughs> Absolutely. He said the Daily Caller reviewed the chat where the video leaked and confirmed it was shared in a private group for gay men in politics. And um, scalp for them. It's like a it's like a scalp. (laughs) That's like we got in and look what we did. They claim the territory, I guess. I know. Representative Mike Collins, he said this. He said, heck of a week for the left. Gay porn in the Senate. Swearing in ceremony on child porn in Virginia. You saw that one? What? The books, yeah. Yeah, there was this local official. I forgot what the hell her name was and what what, uh, office she's holding out there. But as a sign of solidarity with all of the books that have been banned, which are just... Which are just... It's... It's gay blowjob tutorials. I, I shared photos of, uh, what was it, gender queer on Facebook, and I got in trouble for it. Yeah, well. Yeah. Pe- t- it, that's well, good for kids, I guess. Yeah. And, Frank, that's the same thing we said, too, about, like, oh, I'm not going to get sworn in on the Bible because that's normal. I'm going to go the opposite just to get rid of these old normal ways. And it's like, okay, you, you're swearing in on, like, a child porn book. Just to yeah. own, own own the traditional people, like okay, is this a good plan for you? She she took her oath, Matt. She put her hand on not only gender queer but a couple of other books, and, and it was supposed to be symbolic of her stunning standing, and brave. Yeah, st- standing for free speech. Even though how how is the irony not lost on the, how how do they go through all of this, acting this way unironically? Where they, they're not just trying to be cheeky about, I'm for freedom of speech and the First Amendment. But at the same time, we are talking about, we're talking about just I, I, the, the thirst, the thirst for censoring people and for shutting people down. It's, it, it can't be, there's no competition for it. It's just incredible how they can have two dueling things because, of course, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a principle. It's a bias there. But there you ha- it's not only that. The tranny tap dancers at the White House, and of course the satanic statues in Iowa. You mm-hmm. guys saw that too, right? Yeah, I saw that one. Of course. What do you think and for that one? It's like, oh, it's free speech, and yeah, nah, not for satanic stuff. Everything else, free speech. Yeah, different religions. Okay, satanic, like a Moloch thing or whatever it was. Nah, not doing that. Like that's how it has to be. And I feel like back in the day when it was, I don't want to say, you know, mostly men running the thing, 
But like, imagine it's 1955 and someone comes in and goes, hey, they want to put up a goat thing for the satanic temple with a bunch of candles. Some guy with a cigarette would go, we're not doing that. What's next? And that would be it. Yep. But now it's like, well, everyone needs to be allowed. And if we don't do it for them, then we could be next. And like, it's like the slippery slope. So you have to do everything. And then to prove that you do the worst possible thing. It's like, you know. You know, we're not doing certain things. How about that? You you're know? right. You're right. And and the whole, oh, we got to do it for them or else we could be next. The whole thing is that it's they. They're the ones. It's this movement. Yeah, they're the ones coming for us. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is we're part next. of it. They're already getting us. The fact that they have already gotten into the culture to the place where it is now acceptable for having uh, these after school Satan programs in red states all over the country. You know, the, the, a lot of those are popping up in red states. Uh, that is the whole thing there. They got in. They softened our resolve. They softened and, and completely churned and, and turned our culture and our cultural cohesion into mulch. And then you have this. Now you got Baphomet all over the place. And they're saying, well, if we don't let them in, then they're going to come for us. I mean, this they're, they're already inside the gates. <laughs> they yeah, come for us. They're the ones who are getting us. Oh, my. Uh, it's so brutal. I know. I know. So, so then listen. Obviously, it's war. So um, that uh, that statue was up in Iowa, and then this this guy went and oh, I don't know. I forgot the profile of the guy, but he went and beheaded it. He pretty much attacked the statue. It's been destroyed. Uh, what do you think about that? Because a lot of people are like, you know what? I found the statue repulsive as well, but we can't act like brutes. Like, I don't know, man. I think we feel we needed a little bit of a crusader spirit right now. Yeah. And on that situation, like whenever people push back on it, they'll like widen out to like a more broad general perspective of like attacking someone else's free speech. And it's not that. It's this specific individual situation. It's a satanic statue during Christmas in the state capitol. It's not, you know, like attacking someone's free speech in general, it's this moment on December whatever, there's a satanic statue and this Christian man went and knocked it down. So like, that's fine. But like the way that they try to debate it and make it a point is by like going wider and then applying it to every single possible situation. And it's just like, nah, in this situation, do it, yeah. fine. If it was a Muslim thing or a menorah, I would say, oh yeah, you shouldn't be knocking down those religious things. They have the right to present in the state capitol. That's different. But once it's like a literal anti-Christmas position and an anti-Christmas statue during Christmas, they're just doing it to troll. And then all those Satanist people, it's all just a troll for them. So it's like individually looking at it on this one issue on what it literally is, knock it down. Yeah, well, I mean, here's what I want to ask you this question. We have about 12 minutes left in this first half, and then I want to – you have a little bit of time to bounce over with us past the intermission? Yeah, okay, because right there I'll just throw you a couple of fun questions and I, you know, that we can laugh a little bit more about, but I want to have this on the record for the first half. Is um, I was watching last night – I was watching a um, – a rerun of a Christmas special that I did here in 2019 with my parents. And this is something I have to bring up over the course of the next week, especially when they come in and I, and I can I can pose this to them as well. But you, I was watching it with just a, a certain sense of awe. It was so um, heartwarming to me. It was also pretty stark to see how lighthearted there was an energy in the room that I don't know if I could reproduce. 
It was December 2019. There were so many factors there that I'm taking into account. The people calling in, the 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 energy in people's voices. I you think about that before and after December 19 uh, 2019 and then December 2020 what a different world it was that even though we held our heads up we were able to maintain employment somehow we did our thing we kept our our closest friends as close as we could we all stuck stuck together but you can tell you can tell that we had all been through something and that there is I don't know if those people uh, where are those people that I was looking at that were just so lighthearted. And it's not like we didn't have problems in 2019, but what we have gone through these last couple of years, man, when you look back at your work from December 2019 and before, have you, I don't know if you look back that far and reminisce on some stuff, but do you notice a different energy to things? Because um, you're just like me, you kept working, you have good perspective on the world, I believe, but man, we've all been through some shit and it's hard not to notice a, a, a difference. It's almost like a, it, I'm looking at 2019 through a different Instagram filter or something. There was just a difference to the atmosphere. Yeah, we had a lot of hope back then things were we had our guy in office things were you know changing for the better we were seeing changes happen we had like a hope for the future and then they kind of like united society around covid in like a negative way and then imagine like you know high frequency high vibration is like really good energy that is contagious that that elevates if your energy is up here and someone's energy is here it, it kind of like brings them up. So it's like, that was like a good vibe. 2019 was great. Everyone's feeling good. There's hope, there's there's optimism. And then once they united everyone around COVID, that like brought the energy back down and it knocked like the people with high good energy to eh energy, people with eh energy to bad energy. And it just like lowered and let it like leveled everyone down. And it's like a slow build to get back up. But I do think like, the correct energy, not even for everybody, but just for a certain number of people who have the correct energy, that can that be extrapolated and like the ripple from good energy from a few people can actually do a, it's like what you need instead. But once you have bad energy from everybody and you're fully defeated, mm. that's when they win. So it's just like a matter of like keeping the optimism even when times are bad. So through the 2020 election, even through January, I was hopeful that something was going to happen and turn around. And then obviously it didn't. So then I got a little down and depressed or whatever for like a year. But now I'm slowly building my optimism. I, I widened my time frame. What's the next checkpoint? What's the next goal? Where's the next place we can win? And then you kind of like widen out like that. And then if you build that energy back up, you'll see the people who were sad the last few years they'll kind of look to you and be like oh like you're hopeful for something maybe we do have a chance and they start spreading the word oh we have a chance trump you know trump's gonna win this year or whatever it is uh so i think it's like an energy game and the bad guys the powers that be they've been using events historically 9-11 covid uh, to do to like lower the collective frequency of everyone who sees whatever the event that they put on is. Mm. So it's like if you can kind of escape that and maintain your energy no matter what and always have a little bit of hope, even if it's like delusional optimism, which I think I have. Um, I'm just like I'm delusionally optimistic because I know if I think ah eh, we're fucked, it's over, then that's where things get dangerous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's where things get ugly. Once it's like we're hopeless, 
then they actually can win and do what they're going to do. They can't really do that until you quit. As long as the key people don't quit, I think we can kind of pull it out. No doubt. No doubt. And I think that we've done a good job with that, too. Um, I, 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 I'm always very, very focused on making sure that even when we're talking about hard topics, there are there's a string of humor put into it that yep. we use mockery very strategically obviously your work yep. speaks for itself um i mean it's the reason why i try to get matt here as much as possible people people like just they just want to hang out and and just have something to look forward to right now and that is how through especially since from 2020 until this this very point and we're about to walk through the threshold of a year that might be even worse because in 2020 they were able to use one thing against us Everything was launched. Everything on a uh, on a get out the vote angle. Everything uh, that is as far as restrictions go. Everything on censorship goes. Everything like that was really launched on the back of this virus that they said it was was out there and ravaging the world. And because we are three years removed from that, and Pfizer is tanking. Well, at least not not tanking, but their 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 profits are going down. People who are willing to go out and get medicine before at everybody's request are not doing it anymore. Um, there, there's always a new vi- a new strain going around that people aren't really paying attention to. We're all feeling the strain because the economy is a lot weaker. It's just at that point, how many how many things are they going to have to combine to throw at us? So, thinking that, I really do believe that. Most people, if, if you see what's going on, if you've been so-called red-pilled, then it's like it's managing the strength of your shields. And a lot of us have good perspective and are able to see what's coming and, and, um, and just kind of separate the bullshit from what, we, what is most important. But even then, I mean, even if you deal with it, even if you can, you can do that sifting with your mind and your heart, it still is a uh, task. It's like you, it's an exercise every day, and it, it wears on you, man. It really does. That's why every once in a while we need to find a way to really have just a big, I don't know, a blowout. We gotta have a big blowout, fun something. We need a, we need like a Woodstock of our own. I don't know what the hell it is. We need something to, to Trump to really, stock. Trump stock, yeah, yeah. Well, that's well. When Trump first got elected, there was. Uh... I forget what it was, what they called it, but it was like a MAGA prom, basically. It was like a gala, like a MAGA, I forget what they called it, the MAGA ball maybe in 2017, or maybe it was 2016, right after the election. That was cool. Like We need some things to congregate around, but we also kind of need to take power back a little bit first. Uh, but like adding to what you said, basically in 2020, how I saw it, it's like they had the George Floyd situation and they use these events and COVID obviously with the mail-in votes, they use them just to almost sell the narrative. It's not necessarily what happened, but it's like how they justify how it plays out. So it's like you have George Floyd happen and then you have COVID with the mail-in votes. And then you say, oh yeah, Trump lost because everyone uh, was mad about George Floyd and then they voted against Trump. But it's like, that's just the thing that happened to justify the amount of votes that went through the machines. Mm-hmm. I don't think all those, my personal opinion, I don't think all of those mail-in ballots were legitimate, but people aren't gonna question the election because they're gonna go, oh yeah, George Floyd happened, everyone got super mad about that, that's why Trump lost. And then the Democrats, they voted mail-in because they were scared of you know, catching COVID. So like, it's not even as much 
what they need to do to make people get out and vote Democrat as much it is to sell the narrative to everyone watching so they can at least believe yes. that 81 million people went and voted for Joe Biden because Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd and black people are oppressed and white people are a problem and Donald Trump is racist. So like, so it's not even like they need the events to get the people to do what they wanted to do. They need the events to sell the script. So when people say, oh, how did Trump lose yep. and Joe Biden get 81 million votes? If they didn't have George Floyd, they'd say, oh, everyone voted from home. And then everyone would go, wait a sec. Everyone voted for home from home for Joe Biden. That doesn't make sense. So they just need like the events to sell it a little bit to the people, just so there's not enough of people going. That doesn't make sense. Eighty yeah. million? Are you sure? That, that's why having the, the media is, is has always been very important. They just speak things into reality, and it's not reality. Exactly. It's like a, they cast a spell, basically. That's it. I mean, you just say it enough. You say, "Well, well hey, listen, the, the, the uh, Donald Trump is sinking. All these polls, everything. It's supposed to. It, it inflates confidence where it's not supposed to be. It, it it depresses confidence where it already is to try to be able to level level things out. And then everything after there is just say, oh, well, it makes sense that this was the outcome because look at how bad the headlines have been for so-and-so this past couple of months. And, and you know, you're talking right there on a national level. It's even worse on a, on a, uh, on a, on a smaller local regional level, too. I don't believe that, that New York is as blue as it is. There, I mean, it's just that we have, oh, oh, New York, that's a deep blue state. It's just we have been, we've accepted that. Uh, they're trying to do, we're, they're trying to make Pennsylvania, the new New York and California. I mean, as of 2000, it was only 2008 that Prop 8, uh, uh, you know, passed with, I don't know, well, you know, how, how much out there in uh, the, the, the gay marriage bill in, in uh, California? It was only 2008. You know, we're talking about um, majorities that were putting re Republican governors into, into these states. Now, I understand there is open borders. I understand there's one thing or another. But I really do believe that all you need to do is uh, steal a few, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's a trend, and people just oh well th that that state's purple, it's going to be blue anytime. And then the day that it's taken, it's just oh it makes sense, it's been trending that way for a while. I believe the trends are bullshit too, aside from the fact that yeah we live around a lot of people who are fucking stupid, but uh, whatever. Yeah, like you said, for New York, it's exactly that. <clears throat> Long Island is red. New York State, a lot of it is red. And then they own the whole state, making it blue from New York City. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how many of those votes are people that are actually going and pulling the lever? How many are just like, oh, I get a vote and then this lady comes and takes it. I don't even know what she's doing with it. That's what happened in Pennsylvania, too. It all comes down to like Philadelphia, basically. The whole state now is going to, you know, blue because of Philadelphia, but the whole state's actually red. Yeah. So they just get their little scams going. And then they, like you said, they sell it and then they have trends. And then it's like on them to fulfill the destiny that they're kind of like putting the, the the breadcrumbs in front of everyone else. So it's like, oh yeah, Texas, that's purple. Like, what are you talking about? Texas isn't purple. But with that, eventually you're not gonna have any pushback because it's been, you know, drip, drip, drip for 20, 30 years like that. Right, yep. Oh, there's more we can put onto that cake. But uh, for now, let's uh, we're going to bounce over to quitefrankly.tv, to pill.net. All those links are in the description below. Uh, it, it, there's no paywall, nothing, my friends. It's just a click on over. You can still cast to your television. That is where the second half is going to be live. After the fact, we are going to have this episode, as we do every night, 
uploaded to uh, Rumble, to Rockfin, to BitChute, to Twitter. It's going to be available across all podcast platforms. But you know there's nothing like live. And we have Fleckus for a few more minutes. We have some fun fun stuff to throw his way now. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to mute you, my friend. And we will be back in just a second, guys and gals. So come on over. The Friday has not even begun to suck yet. Okay. No! The rest of the show is available exclusively at pill.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls. No censorship. No strings attached. So head on over. Quitefrankly.tv. Powered by Foxhole. And pill.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly. Quite frankly. How dare you? Oh man, I wish that there was a way to communicate with the guest when uh, and 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 not. Not have everybody else hear us. Oh, he would have been rolling. If only, if only Fleckus were in studio. Dude, are, are you doing any traveling this year? I'll, I will, I will, I will pay for your plane ticket to come up at least one time in 24. I'll come up in 24 for one time. I, I don't travel a lot. I do a July 4th break. Um, so I do the show every week, twice a week, and then July 4th break. And then I have a Christmas break for like 10 days. So July 4th, I'm home. I'm going to be home next weekend for like a week. So maybe next week, but it's going to be during literal Christmas. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, because your mom's still here, right? Yeah. Yeah, my my parents, and uh, they live in Long Island where I grew up. 
and my sister lives in New Jersey with her family. Uh, my younger brother and I, yeah, we go up there. Christmas and July 4th is like the main times we're home. But I try to get home in like May in the spring too. So I'll, I promise a 2024 in studio. Uh, yeah, that gives me plenty of time. It gives me 375 days to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, we'll, we'll figure it out. And Matt, you, and obviously, yeah. I'll let you know. If that, if that happens, that. you got to get here. Um, but you know what? Speaking of Jersey, could you wish our friend Melanie from Jersey a happy birthday? Happy birthday, Melanie. Hope it's a good one. You are the best. See? And, and, and he's a Jersey kid. So you guys are all, you know, paisan. That's, that's, that's what we want to hear. Um, let well, me see. Real quick, also... I figured that right now, with the headset on, the background, it's a little dark on the outside. It's it's kind of light around your head. Dude, you look like Padre Pio. You look like a fucking saint yeah. right now. Yeah. This means with that, that magical well, beard he's got. That This means that you're a Franciscan. I went to a Franciscan high school. Did you? Oh. So Dude, this is makes sense. Back my, then, my, I did. I had long hair back then. I had like a normal, normal head. My, I actually didn't realize my I should buzz my head until like 2020. I buzzed it really, really short, shorter than I've ever buzzed it. And I was like, damn, this is what I should have been doing the whole time. Yeah, that's what I do. My cousin is yeah. a uh, Franciscan friar. Well, he's a priest now, but he was a Franciscan friar for years. Wow. See? Oh, they, I mean, yeah, I went to St. Anthony's High School in, in Suffolk County. Wow. Okay, I went to uh, Archbishop Stepanak. I went to public school. I know Stepanak, of course. You know Stepanak? Yeah, Stepanak and Monsignor Farrell and St. Francis Prep. Yeah, I know all the. I know all those schools. We play them in football. Yeah, we we apparently uh, Stepanak had a really big. um, I don't know who was it. It Was a basketball player or a football player? Somebody got drafted. It's like in a serious like. I I forget who it was. Maybe Art Monk. I don't know. I don't know because Monk, whatever. I, I I'll ask Koss. He'll be able to know. Um, here, let me ask hey, you real this. Real quick, Frank, do you see this? Yes. Black wheelchair Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about that. That's real. So I, they sell it at Target. And I, I mean, <laughs> no. I bought ten. I had to buy ten of them, and they're only three dollars and fifty cents. I would have paid fifty dollars for it. <laughs> yeah. So I got ten, and then I have a lot of the show watchers buying it too, and I'm pretty sure. 90% of the black wheelchair Santa sales from Target are ironic purchases. I can't, 95%. I can't believe they <laughs> they just can't help themselves. I'm going to go pick one up. Dude, they just can't help themselves. <laughs> and they look at the papers, they're probably like, I mean, sales are pretty good. <laughs> and everyone making fun of them. Like, do you understand people want black wheel? I cannot believe when did they when did this premiere this year? This was this year. Uh, There's also a trans flag nutcracker, which oh, is also a little God. ironic. Oh, yeah. That's a little. He cracked his own nuts jokey. first. Yeah. Cracked his own nuts so, first. Target's been on it. Target's been on it. Mike, black wheelchair Santa. Now, did you bring that up on the show recently? Yeah, I showed it, uh, I think, last week. And then on today's show, I actually bought a I- full a full black santa life size and then i could i could get it but it would be crazy it would take 20 seconds wait wait hold on black wheelchair santa i want to see if they have it on yo wait wait no i'm on amazon right now they don't have black wheelchair santa but they do have try target target website has it 
But a lot of people tell me it's sold out because they're trying to buy it as a gag gift and they can't even find it anymore. <laughs> Target. <laughs> Target becomes like the new Spencer's gifts. Do they have a white Santa in a wheelchair? Yeah, they, they, I saw a white yeah, Santa. They do. I saw it. Yeah, I saw that on. on um, it was a Christmas ornament on. Uh, but let me see. I'm on Target's website right now and I'm going to just see Black Santa wheelchair. Um, oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, we've got him. We've got him there. Santa fabric Christmas figurine in wheelchair holding a gift. There he is. There he is. Black. He's f it's only $5. It's only yeah. $5. I think I'm going to give this to everybody in my family. That's exactly what I did. I got a huge box of them, and they came to my house like a week ago. Two weeks ago. <laughs> and it's the best thing I've ever got. <laughs> I'm, say I'm bookmarking this. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for that, man. Wow, yeah, it's a good tip. No, it is tips like that. It, well, you know, it's 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 last minute stuff right now. People are freaking out. They don't know what the hell they're gonna get anybody. And now I know at least, at least three hundred <laughs> people are gonna go buy this. They're gonna say, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, and, that's funny. It's like I don't know what to get people. Ah, oh, thank God, I actually figured it out. I know exactly what to get my certain type of friends. <laughs> can can you gonna love the black wheelchair Santa? But can you imagine this? If this becomes the new way of of protesting. If they start feeling like people are only buying their products because it's it they're being mocked, and then they take it off the shelves, yeah. and we have the end goal of getting it off the shelves and Christmas being normal. It's almost like an offensive move. <laughs> it, 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 listen, <laughs> what, what the hell is five dollars? If everybody put five dollars in to have this ridiculous thing, this ridiculous political creation. <laughs> where you have a black. I think, we're on, I think we cracked it. I is, call that cracking it, Frank. I think we cracked it. Well, because think about this. What, what, what are they going to do? They're going to raise the price, unless people are going to then I think they're, they're going to price people out of buying it. They're going to have to take it off the shelves anyway because they won't sell. And then yep. and the only reason why it is selling is because people think it's so ridiculous and they don't want to be a, a joke. Uh, this would be this would be is the white wheelchair Santa more money on social media? Yeah. Does the white the people with other people posting it? Does the white wheelchair Santa cost more money, or are they both the same price? Oh shit, that's a good question. That's hold, a good question. Hold on a second. Black chill, wheelchair Santa and white one. The white one's got to be at least fifty cents no, more. No, they're all five. And, and that's with or without the wheelchair too. The the standing Santas are fine. Did you see that Mrs. Claus is black now too? Uh, according to the Macy's Day uh, Thanksgiving the Day Macy's Day Parade, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. And there was a couple of transgenders uh, sprinkled in that performance as well, I noticed. Sprinkling it all. Here's a couple of super chats. Hey, Frank. What's up, Matt? Hello to you all, Franklies and Franciscans. Fleckus rocks almost as much as Stostube. This is from Jay Britz. So there you go, Fleckus. Um, Dooku Dan says, Power and cyber grids have also been compromised by meritless diversity hires who have no actual experience, so any system failures could be easily blamed on old white guys instead of the woke mm. DEI practices that really cause it. It's a Hegelian setup, says Dooku Dan. Um, and, rings uh, true. Rings true. Rings true for me. Let's see. Let's go to the... Let's go over to Rumble. Make sure we didn't miss anything over there. I don't think that we did. I have a couple of things that came in before the show started, though, uh, Fleckus. Here's the first one for you. Uh, bear versus Gorilla. Who wins? Um, Not a black bear. It has to be something bigger than a black. I grizzly? Think it, like a, the biggest bear they got, right? The polar bear. Like a, the biggest gorilla they got. Um, Which would be a silverback. I think bear. I think bear. Yeah. 
Because be gorilla needs to like get you. Bear's claws, a gorilla can't defend against that, and it can't do offensive moves like a bear can. Like a bear can do many offensive moves that would kill the gorilla before a gorilla could even land an offensive. What's an offensive move That's for true. a gorilla? Just kind of rip you apart. They just kind of smash you. And also, a bear will yeah. be able to stand on its two hind legs and fight like that as well. Gorillas do. Yeah, they stand. They... I, I know that's what I'm saying, but the, the bear can do it too. So you know what I mean. Like the bear will stand up; it'll be way bigger than the gorilla. Yeah. So it'll be coming down, swiping at it. If it's a silverback versus a black bear, though, silverback wins. No, no you way. Think even a they, black bear. There's, they don't have enough weapons because the bear got all the claws on four and the teeth, and, and they got the size on them. So thick. Yeah. It's so thick that you can't even like. I don't even know how a gorilla gets to a whatever like the prime target on a bear would be. Yeah, I don't. Wow. You're not going to punk. The gorillas aren't yeah. going to puncture. So I don't it's going to be like a force attack, and then I don't even know. Like, can you knock a bear out with like a hit? Not, I don't know. Not long enough, but yeah, it'd be like a probably a ten minute battle. I didn't even give the black bear a chance. Well, that well, black bear that's a little smaller than a polar bear or a grizzly bear. Yeah. So, so, but you you say that even a black bear would take out a gorilla. I I would have to say yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's great. You know, I I just got a a text message from one of my producers, Krista, and she said Target had a skeleton in a wheelchair for Halloween. LOL. <laughs> So I guess it's been going, going on, on for a while. You a know, skeleton in a wheelchair. It's like, isn't it a spooky haunted thing that doesn't even like have muscles? There wasn't so enough. It still has like. A... It's all about representation, there, Fleckus. That there wasn't enough disabled skeletons represented in Halloween decorations. Let's see if they do the Easter Bunny in a wheelchair oh this gosh, year, please. If and then a... I, I was looking at Barbies for I have a niece. They have like uh, I forget I don't know how to pronounce it vitiligo like that vitiligo 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 they have a vitiligo Ken doll and oh. I bought that too. <laughs> oh. oh my! So I have a whole bunch of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. I can actually can I take you on a quick walk? Yes, please. Hold on. I'll show you my uh, my other Santa. Now that we're in the uh, the second half of the show. Is Richard Ratboy hiding somewhere in there? Uh, not in here. <laughs> ready? Uh, he's not plugged in. He sings in Spanish. Oh, what? Oh, so he's Dominican. Yeah, he's a exactly. I thought it was a black full size Santa, and it's a Dominican Santa. Oh, instead. okay. So he's like a David Let me see Ortiz. If I can get this plugged in. David Ortiz Santa. <laughs> you see, you put that in the middle of a, a room facing toward the door. You open it up. The first thing you come face to face with that thing, you scare the shit out of somebody. Yeah, it's very scary. You know what you're doing, though, um, uh, Fleckus? You think about all of the things, the obscure toys, the obscure stuff that really <clears throat> just dates. You think about the stuff that our parents had uh, growing up in the in the 60s and the 70s and stuff. All the things that might have been really weird back then, but if they were kept mint condition, not only is it just, you know, as it, as it drifts into antiquity, it has its own kind of value in itself, but the fact that you're buying things right now that is a reflection on the mental decline of the country. <laughs> I mean, you, the, the, yeah. the black wheelchair Santa and the vitiligo like bar. sign of the time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is going, hopefully, one day it's going to be, wow, things were getting that bad? Yes. Yes. 
And that's exactly how I see it, where it's like a sign of the times. It's like the worst rock bottom of the times. And I'm going to collect all the stuff. So in 20 years, I'm going to have like all the videos from This Week in Culture. But then I'm also going to have all the items that they try to do. Dude, you can, you can start a museum. You can start a Fleckus Museum. That's what I want to do. Belongs in a museum. Whoa! What? Looks like he's, uh... Looks like he's beaten off. Isn't that pretty good? Jingle bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jingle bell. <laughs> that was a mission to get in here and do that. Oh, my gosh. Hey, well, thank you for that. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. He's mobile. That's what I got going on. It's like a little, uh, it's like a Pee Wee Herman house where every, every room's got these weird items and gadgets and things I collect. What was the word of the day? Where, where's that? Uh, the word of the day. If you, if it's the Pee Wee's Playhouse, they always had a word of the day. You remember that? Oh, yeah. When somebody, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody starts screaming whenever somebody says the word of the day. You remember that? <laughs> we should do oh, that. Yeah. We should pick the word of the night from now. I, I don't know. Every once in a while, is job, <laughs> J O B. Here's another one uh, from the from the audience. Uh, Fleckus, will you help Jerry poop when he's an <clears throat> old dog, or are you going to trade him in? Yeah, so that is referencing a certain clip from <laughs> from Bonus Land on the show where a guy had a disabled dog who had like no back legs, and then every day the dog has to use the bathroom, and he like lets the he holds the dog over the shower and the dog pees, and then the, he holds him over the toilet and then he wipes the dog's butt. And I said, "Love Jerry, my dog, but anything close to that, it's just hey, buddy, I'll see you on the other side." A dude. <laughs> I, I yeah, little, little old that old yeller. Uh, I yeah. I was watching. I was flipping through some um, some Instagram uh, reels the other night, and there was this. I don't know why the hell people think this is a good idea, but there was this couple who wanted to show how you know what they're doing for their dog that was obviously had something catastrophic happen to it. You know how sometimes there's a dog that has either three legs, and then there's a dog that has a paralyzed back feet. First, it got run over or something, but otherwise healthy and all that. And they put him on a skateboard, and he still enjoys life and whatever. You're like, oh, good, the thing's enjoying its life. This dog was paralyzed from the neck down. And they was put that the one where he had the rollerblades on his feet and they were just dragging him down yes. the street. You've seen it. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Matt, I'm Matt. very well versed in the disabled pets algorithm. <laughs> Dude, Matt, <laughs> Matt, they put this dog into a harness, into a harness. So it's just dangling there. It can't move. It's just dangling there. And the harness has four wheels on it. And then on the dog's feet were wheels of their own so as the as the as the as his paws were dragging along the floor it wasn't wearing down his paws it was just you know there was more wheels there to allow it to and and they're going on a jog with their healthy dog on a leash and the other dog which is just literally being dragged on wheels behind them <laughs> and they think that they're putting this out to the internet saying we're not giving up on you buddy as long as he's still eating and drinking then you know we don't find it really reason why we have to put <clears> him <throat> down i'm i'm i knew everybody in the in the comments fleckus was going to agree with me how fucking selfish to keep an animal alive like that i mean yeah people just need like a purpose they don't have a purpose in their life and then it's like this dog requires five hours of stuff a day there's some purpose for you especially if you don't have a kid and then it's like the dog's your kid and you don't want to put it down but i think it's like it's stronger 
not to take care of an animal like that. It's actually stronger to make the decision, the hard decision, hey, your life's not worth it anymore. It's kind of over as of today after your bad accident. Sorry it happened. But like the better, harder decision is like ending the the life of that dog instead of dragging him around on rollerblades. Yeah, man. Yeah. Especially since he had another dog companion and the other dog is just like kind of, you know, <laughs> like jumping ahead of him and stuff. And he's just like there and, he, and he's not moving. It's so weird. All right. Here's yeah. another. Here's a question. This one came from John and John said, can you please ask uh, Fleckus which <laughs> this I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Which okay. race, which race would be better suited for Elon Musk's colony on Mars? Um, hmm. That's interesting because there's a, a risk aspect of it where they're not going to, they might not come back. Right. So you don't want to send the best ones. But then you also need to send competent ones. So you have to kind of go in the middle somewhere. I think white, I think white people would be good up there. Somewhere in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. You know. and, and, and you know what? There's enough. I think there's enough at this point who will say, yeah, send me. I'll go. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I see where you're I see, see what you're getting at there. We have to leave all the Asians behind, right? They have to be here to <laughs> man the man. Yeah, fort. we can't just send the Asians in case in case they don't come back because then we need people to do better than us on all of the metrics. <laughs> right. <laughs> on income and tests and SATs <laughs> and colleges. So we can't send our best guys. Okay. Asians are the best. That, I mean, hey, listen, but that's just you can't get around it. As far as performance goes, you just can't get around. And even and even uh, culture, even as far as keeping their culture together, we may not uh, fit in with their culture, but hell, uh, it doesn't go anywhere. And here's one: they run a tight ship over there. They, they run do. a tight ship. Yeah. They do. All right. Here's one last thing I have for you before we can start saying our goodbyes and our happy thank happy uh, well happy Thanksgiving to you too, but Christmases and New Years. We've been discussing this ad nauseum lately, and I want to know what you and if you have been able to run this by Richard Ratboy. Um, I would love to know this too, but if you're in a situation where you have to fight off an oncoming horde of third graders, these are fully, <laughs> fully physically capable eight-year-old boys and girls, but they have, they have vicious intent. They want to take you out. How many do you think that you can take on at once, no matter what the method is? There's no weapons. It's just you and your physical ability. Uh, how many do you think that you can take on uh, without, uh, you know, one is just one too many? That's interesting because if, if they're attacking me and I ball up and I can breathe, they can't hit me and strike me hard enough to kill me. Right. So it's like I could basically, you could fill the room up with them and I could just get into a corner and then the worst they could do would be like punch my ribs, I guess, but they wouldn't break my ribs. They wouldn't hit anything vital. So I, I think the number is as many as you could fit in the arena that this is happening. Cause they, and then at a certain point, it's like, if you're surrounded, say you're surrounded by 20, the 20 outside of them don't even matter. If there's, there could be a hundred outside of them, but like you, the access to me is only like a two foot diameter so it's almost like once you're able to handle 20 of them then you can handle 200 of them because the 180 other ones can't even get to you <laughs> as long as you're like protecting the vitals and holding it down so if i'm like this as tight as i can and all they're doing is kicking and hitting me and 
jumping on me and punching me, I don't think they could even do that much damage. Okay, so you so you would say you want to get yourself into unlimited. Unlimited. Because at a certain point, after the first 20, it could be 200, it could be 2,000. <laughs> they're not going to even be able to touch me. So you and Matt are on the but same page. if I have page. to fight back and if I have to, like, fight back, that's different. That is, no, no, this is the whole thing. How, how many can you fight, fight off? I mean, because, listen, I, I understand a fully grown man and an 8-year-old, uh, it, it, it should not be an, uh, an issue, especially if there's no weapons involved. But we are just flesh and bone. I mean, you, you can only hit so many, you know, human skulls with your fist before finally you just can't take another impact. Uh, you have your knees, yeah. you have your elbows, you have your heels. Uh, but you but know, what's the worst impact they can do to us? Kick you, you in know? the nuts. What's the worst they can do? They can kick me in the nuts, so Just, I'm I'm covered up. But like, what's the the hardest hit they could do? Elbows. Is a kick. Elbow. Or elbow. It's a little elbow. It's a little elbow. And they, throw a little elbow. They're not gonna know how to throw it properly either. They don't have any training at fucking in third grade. Well, yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt's initial, um, Matt's initial estimate was he can take on one to two thousand of them if he can find a little bit of high ground and thin out the numbers. He can take them on indefinitely. I told him that perhaps if he had, uh, I don't know. I mean, even if you had brass knuckles, eventually you're going to get tired. That's why I say there has to be an an, an end to it. There has to be an end somewhere. When I die from... I think I can go forever. Yeah. Because if the worst thing they can do is... I think the worst injury they can do would be jumping and then landing on me with their elbow. And if it's an eight-year-old, I could take that for a year. Yeah, they're weak. Like, it would never It would never be like, oh, I broke my ribs. Oh, you hit the same spot again. Oh, now there's like... Now I'm bleeding. Oh, now you're doing kidney damage. It would never get past breaking the ribs... So it would, I, I can, and I can handle their worst blow. I guess it depends on the, there's probably some eighth graders that could bring it. There's like a, you know, girl, not going to be that scary, but maybe like a. Eighth graders, that's, eighth, a, that's a different uh, story. Or third grader, third grader, I'm yeah, sorry. Third. But like a, an eight year old that's maybe a little more mature. Like whatever the strongest one is, even if he's doing his most impactful blow, he could even physically come up with. I could take that, I think, forever. Okay. It's just a matter of just protecting myself. It's protection, and he can go forever. Uh, Fleckus, yeah, I mean, uh, th thank you for making uh, some of my Christmas wishes come true. It's great to get uh, caught up with you. And um, I, I just want to leave you a little bit of time to tell everybody how they can follow you. Um, because, of course, there is a, a lot more to look forward to you coming out on consistent scheduled bases now that you're not uh, just analyzing the protest schedules and, and planning all your content that way. Let everybody know how they can listen to you or watch you. And, uh, and yeah, go ahead. Yep. Um, Fleckus on all platforms, F-L-E-C-C-A-S. Uh, and then we have a show Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. And then we also have FleckusTalks.com where we have bonus episodes uh, Tuesdays and Fridays as well. Uh, and thank you for having me on, Frank. Sorry it's been so long since I've been here. I'm going to come on again. I'm down to do more of these because I haven't done a news hit in like two years. But now that we're doing it and back into it, I kind of like it. Well, dude, I, I usually don't love it. I don't love it. But now after doing this, I, I remember what I like about it again. And I'm like reborn and down to do more news hits like this. And thank you for having me on. And you run, hey, just everyone knows this, but you run a very good operation. 
and you have consistently for such a long time. And when the world keeps waking up and the more people see the stuff that's happening right in front of their face and they go, wait, what's really going on? They're gonna look for people who have it figured out already. And you are one of those people. So very happy to be here. And also you run a very, very good professional operation here with all your platforms and the streaming and the website. So congratulations on what you've built. Dude, th thank you. And, and I, always, I always will consider you part of all that because there's, my, my show really is nothing unless you consider the personalities, the family, the friends, all that stuff. And, you know, Fleckus Fridays was a, tr a cherished tradition. And I don't care when the hell you come on. First of all, I'd love to have you on whenever. Uh, it, whenever you find a show that you like going and hanging out, that's really the, that's really the, 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 uh, the secret sauce there. Um, but I would love to have you on and also Rap Boy. I'd love to have you both one night. So maybe we can yeah. figure that out. We can make that happen. And then also with like how it played out, like Fluckus Friday was such a great trend going into 2020 election. And then we lost and I just kind of got like, Oh, I know. I got bummed out. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go play again. Like we lost the game and then it's like, Oh, practice on Monday. And I was kind of like, no, I'm taking a, I, I'm not, I'm not practicing for a little bit. So that's kind of where I went and why I left and I had to go build my own thing. Uh, but now that we're kind of coming back into the election season and we have hope again and there's something to look forward to, we're optimistic, I'd love to come on more often. Well, listen, no no uh, pressure whatsoever. Just always know you have friends over here up north and uh, and we're big fans and uh, and talk to you soon. And please, send my best to your lovely mother. Yes, she she. I told her I was going on today and she was so happy to hear that. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad that you. we're at least still good enough for Fleckus's mom. <laughs> oh no you definitely are she loves you guys all right she loves you frank and i do too matt good talking to you i will you see too, you guys man. next time yes merry christmas happy new year if we don't speak all right all right merry christmas take care merry christmas there he goes there he goes fleckus fleckus yeah i don't blame him it was a dark time when trump lost dude i wanted to take some time off too i tell you what i mean we all know if he loses this one i know you're you're that's, done that's it for me and that doesn't mean that you're no you're... questions asked. The second it's announced, if he doesn't win, I'm gone. I'm. <laughs> Please don't. The second either, like you, you, you just sit there. You have the gut. You just. Oh no, my God. Whatever it is, I'm throwing myself off a cliff. Don't do it, Matt. No. Yeah. We're, we're fortifying. We're no, fortifying I'm ourselves. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> you got a new job. Yeah, yeah. So this way, if I if I uh, if I fail, at least I'll have health insurance to pay for my care. Yeah, that's nah. good. That's good. Okay, let's see here. Um, hold on. Let me go on to. Uh, let's go on a really quick break. When we come back, we're gonna take some calls and get into your super chats and have a little fun. Matt, we have something to do over here with Matt. A story I want to get around to because Matt made some made some tips for us all and we've got to indulge so don't go anywhere here. come on single file over here come on next one in line it would kill him to say ho 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 you were just here i was not yeah you were you were on my lap five minutes ago no i wasn't yes you were now you're going on santa's list and you're getting nothing fuck you santa <laughs> welcome to your perpetual health minute brought to you by quite frankly High blood sugar, it's not just about type 2 diabetes. This paper on your screen highlights the relationship between the hyperglycemic environment, high blood sugar, and mitochondrial function. Now, why do mitochondria matter? Because mitochondrial dysfunction is at the root of most chronic disease processes, including type 2 diabetes and cancer. 
So this chronic high blood sugar environment creates an increase in mitochondrial DNA damage, an increase in reactive oxygen species, which creates an increase in oxidative stress, all while simultaneously disarming the body's endogenous antioxidant system to handle the damage. So every single meal you eat is a choice between continuing this high blood sugar environment and continuing the damage or improving it. This is how nutrition is at the core of health and disease. If you like this video, please follow the new Perpetual Health Rumble channel. You can also find us at perpetualhealth.substack.com. But for now, thank you so much for watching and back to the show. Okay. What a nice evening. What a nice evening. Um, here's one thing that I, I saw before we get to our Super Chats headline for you. There's a headline for you. Mark Zuckerberg building a $100 million Hawaii compound with massive underground bunker. Is it from the land that was uh, just burnt? Uh, no. Oh, wait, is it? Is it on Maui? Let me see here. Uh, underground bunker, his own food and energy sources, secret projects suggesting a media mogul is trying to conceal his doomsday preparations. Yeah, what's he need a bunker for? Uh, it's, it's not on Maui. But I'll tell you one thing. If I were to have read this article two weeks ago, I would have seen it a lot different than I have now when I have, uh... When I have uh, have already had Ben Davidson on the show. Oh, because of the uh, pole shift? Yes. I don't know about that, bro. Oh, listen, the, the pole shift thing is... Um, yeah, it, it's real, but it, it's going to take longer than... Why? Because it, we couldn't possibly be... We couldn't possibly have been born just enough time to see it. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Somebody, we're just too lucky to have that happen oh, to us. Whatever. If I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live if that shit happens. I ain't fucking, I'm going to get a boat or something, so. Well, we're going to have to live like Kevin Costner in, in Waterworld. We're going to need. <sighs> fucking learn to swim. Yeah, well, well you're going you're gonna to grow gills. That's the way it is. Um. Anyway, there's that. But I wanted to bring this up. Hold on a second. We have a, an issue? Apparently, I don't know what's going on. Let's just get our super chats in because I want to do this show, this uh, this video that we did. Shotzi says, Friday morning chat and show tonight. Double the quite frankly. Have a great weekend, Frank and Matt. I'm glad that you liked it. The, the Friday morning coffee chat in the, in the kitchen was very, very enjoyable. And I want to do it more often. On Mondays, maybe on a Monday, maybe on a Wednesday, I don't know. But um, soon, that's what's going to, it'll be It'll be possible just to do it. Because you know the thing there too is, it helps the brand, especially the visibility on something like a YouTube while we're still there. And I came up with a, a lot of great questions with the audience for Fleckus today. Helped me focus myself and, and that was nice. Uh, Stow Stoop says, not much to say, just dropping a little something to help keep great independent media at our fingertips. Love you, Frank and family. 
Thank you, Stostoop. And, you know, listen, I have a... I have all the names for the Godfather book. I have them all written out, and I didn't cut them. So, again, I'm sorry, and I will add... I will add Stostoop, Dooku Dan, and Shotzi. I think Dooku Dan is the only one not in there. Everything else will be a duplicate. There's a couple of dozen people in the in the running for my for my Godfather book right there. I'm gonna have to do that on Monday. I'm sorry to keep pushing this back, but it only keeps uh, it keeps the window open for for participation. So my bad. All right, let's go up on uh, into Pilled. Let's see. NJSF, thank you so much. Joe M says, Q says all systems down tonight. Q? He's back. There's a Q clock or something. JFK Jr. is going to come back with Princess Diana. Q says that there's going to be all, all systems. What does that mean, down tonight? It means all systems go. But that means get go. your popcorn. <laughs> but... <laughs> All systems go, and by go, we mean go down. All systems go down tonight. Get your popcorn. Enjoy the show. <laughs> uh, Mick Dewey says, good day, mates. Good day. Doug625 says, hey, Frank, a few weeks ago, you mentioned mocking pharma ads. You and Matt should do a mystery science theater. Yeah, uh, we should do that. A little. We should go and grab them. You em. guys used to do that. Yeah, we ha I have a lot of those. I have to re-edit those for modern audiences because we said a lot of bad things during those movie rips. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we could. We should do that. We could do that. I would love to. Like one Saturday night. Saturday night we Just can come need, here. Like, to know in advance. Well, if we all... Uh, what I'm thinking is if we come here and we watch a movie, maybe what we do is we get ourselves all mic'd up. We're not live. But we watch the movie, we sync the audio, we rip the movie, and then I will just edit it down <laughs> so that it is just the best, it's just the best hit. So like a two hour movie, maybe we can get it down to about, I don't know, so that you can actually, you can pick up on what the plot is, but it's only the best jokes. It's going to be a lot of editing, bro. <laughs> I mean, see, well, that's the reason why I don't, I, I, I'd rather, <coughs> I'd rather edit it than, than, uh, than really get in trouble if something bad slips out. Uh, and then, of course, we can save the really bad shit for, I don't know. Uh, yeah, thank you, Doug, for that idea. We wanted to do movie rips. We haven't done one in many years. But I have many in the archive. Tempo420, thank you. Boys Blanc says Merry Christmas. Thank you, Boys Blanc. I'm getting it wrong, but I'm sorry. Jesse81138, thank you. Chai Possum, thank you. Tempo420, River Pike, thank you. Says this one is for Witchy Poo. Secret Weapon says, thanks, Frank. Glad Fleckus isn't mad at you. <laughs> I never thought he was mad at me. I can see what he was doing. But, uh, you know, after two years, you start think, you start wondering, did I do something wrong? Am I too racy for Fleckus? Can't be. No. Uh, Jesse again, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. Hold on, there's a little bit left here. Uh, Flip City Magazine says, Frank, you are a top-notch broadcaster and always get fantastic guests for your anti-programming program. Thank you. And you know what? Thank you, Flip City. Flip City Magazine, the, the people over there, my good friends at Flip City, they've been on the affiliates page for a while. They featured me before, behind me. Here is my framed Flip City. Look. That's how much that means to me. 
that I was the centerfold in the April 2022. Oh, I forget when it was. It was it was for my birthday. It was the bikini. Uh, yeah, they they did yeah. a. I did a, a nude spread yeah. for them, and I mean spread. I, <laughs> I pulled I pulled my butt apart, and I, swear, <laughs> I pulled my butt apart. It's my concho. My concho. <laughs> and when I say spread, I mean spread. I pulled my butt cheeks apart, and yeah, no, I had um. I got the Flip City magazine over here, and I love everything that they do. And it's very, it's very, it's rare these days that you hold something physical in your hand that is just nice to flip through, has good humor, it is like against political correctness, and it is kind of like a a, a callback to old magazine kind of operation. But they have great interviews with people like me, Jay Dyer. I got to hook them up with more people if they want. They should. But go and check them out. They're on the, uh, they're a great gift for all occasions. They're on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. Uh, uh, Magis, oh, Majesty, Majesty says, thank you so much. Um, Jesse again, Sean Joe, thank you again. I'm all out of bubble gum. Just got a, a bronze tier subscription. Let's see, Miss Halston says two of my favorite podcasts of all time making an epic episode love the positivity amongst the craziness thank you chai possum and sean joe and somebody told me that uh that cave toad for some reason is having a problem in the chat room that he hasn't been there for a week and he he, that's that shouldn't be so i'm gonna go and take care of that sorry about that cave toad i don't know how that happened but um but yes are you ready for our thing for the night Here's something I wanted to bring up, and because and I wanted to bring it up last Friday because we were talking a little bit about Flight 370, Malaysia Flight 370, and because we were talking about high-altitude, mid-air disaster-type things and mysteries, I thought that this was a good one to bring up. Now, this is from the Fascinating, that's the, the Twitter account, it's called Fascinating, and I follow them, and it's a throwback to the time that cockpit story... Um, in 1990, you may uh, you may know about it. If not, then you're going to know about it now. In 1990, the windshield of a British Airways flight 5390 came off at an altitude of 17,000 feet. This triggered a sudden decompression in the cockpit, resulting in the captain being partially ejected out of the craft at 17,000 feet, mind you, my friends. As luck would have it, Nigel Ogden, A flight attendant was on his way into the cockpit at that moment. He managed to grab hold of the captain and maintain his grip for over 20 minutes while the co-pilot attempted an urgent landing. Although the majority of the crew presumed presumed that the pilot had already lost his life, Ogden did not let go. And there uh, there was a prevailing fear that if Ogden did release his hold, the pilot's body might strike the plane's engine the wing or stabilizer causing even more chaos for the rest of the people on board all ogden knew was that the pilot was gradually slipping more and more out of the window and his head was continuously being battered against the airplane's body finally after a distressing 20 minute flight with a gaping window the air aircraft <laughs> why is that why is that funny because it's gaping yeah, stop. sorry why with a gaping window, the aircraft. Hole. Yeah, sorry. Uh, after a distressing 20-minute flight with a gaping window, <laughs> the aircraft was safely brought down at Southampton Airport. 
In the course of events, Ogden suffered from frostbite on his face, damage to one of his eyes, and a dislocated shoulder. In a miraculous turn of events, the pilot survived the ordeal, although he had frostbite and multiple fractures on his arms and hands. The image is a recreation of the televised series May Day. So this is a recreation right there. That's not what actually oh, happened. Damn. But the guy was hanging out, and there you go. This is uh, pretty much what it was like. They're holding on to his his ankles as he's flapping around outside the... Looks like one of those things, uh, you know, for st- that the stores use. Yeah, the flappy people to sell the cars. Yeah. Yeah, I know, the, uh, the noodle men. Noodle guys, yeah. Well, anyway, I sent this to Matt. I said, listen, Matt. Uh, I thought he actually, like, got sucked out, so I guess I misunderstood. But that's, oh. like, if you get sucked out or whatever. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> my, my, I was wanting to see what your tips would be to how to survive dangling from the cockpit of a commercial <laughs> jet where you're just waiting there. But, okay, so then Matt just said, um, so here's, our, here's Matt's top five, five, top five tips. To survive uh, getting sucked out of an airplane. So okay, there you go. Number one is let go and aim for the engine. So that so that's exactly what they wanted to avoid. But you would say I might as well just get chopped up. It's gonna be quicker and than falling. Number two, break your own neck. Less painful than breaking your whole body. Yeah. So when you hit the ground, all your bones will break and you'll feel it for a second. I could have just imagined <laughs> if there was footage. <laughs> Like there's some tragic footage of of a situation where Matt, where you were, you were sucked out of an airplane window and you are falling, and somebody might be on the ground saying, "What the hell is that?" They ta- <laughs> and they 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 take out their phone, and they're trailing. They're 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 really focusing in on whatever the hell you are. They <laughs> zoom in, they zoom into you in free fall, and they see you with your hands around your your head trying to break your own neck on the way down, so you don't have to feel it. I would love to see you in a in a just a a death fall. That's Try, hilarious. That is hilarious. These are things we have to sh- we have to shoot. We have to film this kind of stuff. I got to get Steve Miosku down here. Number three, land in a rolling. <laughs> what? How <laughs> to survive getting sucked out of an airplane? Number three, land in a rolling motion. That's all you gotta do. Just as long as you're in a rolling motion, you'll be able to lessen the impact. You'll go with it. Yeah, just just go with it. That's like yeah, that's the real one. That's yeah. if you really want to live, you gotta do that. Right. That's that. Okay, number four. Stop yourself from falling before you hit the ground. <laughs> just kind of like jump right at the last last moment. Just just lurch. And then number five. If you're sucked out of an airplane, what do you do? Aim for San Francisco. The piles of human shit will cushion your landing. <laughs> just might. Very nice. I'm going to add this in with the Godfather giveaway. Now they're going to have two sets. Or maybe I'll make that a separate giveaway when we get that silver chain that comes in. All right. All right. There you have it. Forward momentum. That's all you needed to do, ladies and gentlemen. So call in. It's the last couple of minutes. 914-200-0269. Let's hear from you. Let's just get this on the. Uh, let's just get this done, to get some wonderful people in talking to us. What do you think about Fleckus's return? What do you think about the whole week? Give us anything that's on your mind. We have a few minutes. It's Friday night, and it's time to just start embracing the weekend. It's the second to last Friday before Christmas. Can you imagine that, Matt? It's going by quick. Did you do any uh, Christmas shopping? Uh, 
Uh, not a lot. Yeah, you know, I just, I've been doing a lot of standardizing, and I think that works out nice. It's very stressful. Yeah, it is. It is, but I, I don't know, I always feel good. I always feel good when it comes and goes, and you never regret doing it. At least I don't. You know? And I heard that we're going to have a little bit of a coffee and cake get-together on the 23rd. All right, well, that'll be good. Yeah, and we'll give each other each, you know, oh, let's take a call. Hello, who's this? Hey. Hey, hey, what's going on? What's going on? It's Flickus, the guy that went up to Nadler, and Nadler said uh, it's a myth yep. for Antifa. Yep. All right. See, that's why it's been so long, because that was like 100 years ago. Listen, it, 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 right? let's let's well, let's never forget. Never well, forget. I wouldn't say hundred Fleck- years ago, but you know what I mean. Never forget though. Fleckus has has. I mean, there's a comedy aspect to what he does, but it is very important on a sociological standpoint. It is a he is part of a real uh, sociology experiment there. Every time he went out, especially for a period of time when we were still trying to really gauge who we're up against, but he also made very interesting headlines. I mean, him like you very and, and good good. Memory, memory, John, because when he found yeah, uh, when I, he found uh, Nadler walking around remember, in Washington, I remember somehow it didn't stick with me, and I apologize to Fleckus. No, he's a hot shit and he's funny, and I like him. Well, there's no there's no reason and to apologize. He, he was right next to the guy, and he's a big guy too, if I remember. And uh, uh, Nadler had his you know pants up to his tits, and <laughs> it was a myth, and it went viral. Uh, but this was like sixteen or seventeen or something. Way back in the teens. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, I think it was a little bit after that. Like he just said, he didn't start until about 2017. So we're probably at 18, 19, um, 18, 19 around there, maybe uh, at the at the earliest 18, 19. I don't know if that was a 2020 thing. It may may not have been. I think it might have been. <laughs> but anyway, good 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 call, man. Thank you for that. Yeah, he was the one that actually got to uh, isolate that clip from Jerry Nadler who had the nerve of saying that Antifa was a myth and that there was no Antifa that went viral so Fleck is not only providing really interesting sociological insight to people who are of a more saner disposition he also broke a lot of news that uh, that did happen too 914-200-0269 Yes, indeed. 914-200-0269. Call in. Matt, anything else that happened to you this week? Nah, bro. Nothing. Just work. What's the craziest thing that you see at work now that you're not <clears throat> dealing with uh, animals and, and high-stress high situations? I don't know. Nothing. Nothing's crazy. That's good. I guess that could be good in its own way. Right? Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, let's see here. I've got a couple more things to get through. Over on... Hold on. Quite frankly, Super Chat. This just came in a little bit. Stostube again says, Great Fleckus Friday listen. Thank you, Frank, Matt, and Fleckus. Great weekend, gents. Yes, I know. Another Fleckus Friday. This time, Christmas time. 412, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. You know, you had that... Um Malaysia flight guy on. Yes, yes, I, and thank you for bringing him up. Go ahead. What's your thoughts? Um, I did not know that had happened, 
and I um, see things and the way they show me things is I see them I see through their eyes like I am them for a minute Mm -hmm. anyway I know this sounds really weird but bear with me Um, this one day uh, which was the day this it went missing I had this dream that I'm in this whole group of people and we are being we are being escorted by armed men up a jungle path and I I know that some of us have already been killed and we're heading up this jungly mountain path and there are big metal doors in the mountain like um like a military bunker kind of thing mm-hmm. and they're opening these big metal doors and pushing us in and I woke up and I'm like where the hell does this come from how does my brain work we're like what this is crazy and I told my sister about it and she said oh you got to look at the news they just lost a airliner um and and then afterwards there was all those rumors that it landed on Diego Garcia and and then um because those people were high value that were on it, they invented the cloaking. Yeah, I don't uh, know all the details. Semi, but anyway, I, conductors. I yeah. was in this group of people in my dream, vision, whatever the hell you want to call what happens to me. And I was in a jungly environment and I was headed, I was being, you know, kind of forced up this path. And our destination were these big metal doors inside of the mountains. So when I started to find out that there were um, speculation that it landed at the military base on Diego Garcia, yeah, I started doing Google Earth to try to find these metal doors. But of course, a military base—they're not. So when you say when you say anyway. when you say they and they, it was being sent to you, are you talking about in a trance state? Are you having dreams? Are you no, I, meditating? I I have dreams. I see things. Um, my dad sees things. My brother sees things. My grandchildren. And I don't know where they come from. I can't control them. I can't call up your aunt Sophie. But occasionally, I have these dreams or. Sometimes I guess. And you uh, you have a so, so what you're describing, just in case people are, are are not following along, what you're describing is that prior to even finding out that Malaysia Flight 370 had disappeared, you were getting visions uh, through as if you were walking. I had the, yeah, I had this weird as if dream, were, and I always wake up from them like, what in the hell? Where does my brain I know. go when I'm, I go to I'm, sleep? I'm this trying, is so I'm, weird. I'm trying to get the dream. Because I w- hadn't watched any news about jungle. Like, it, it was... The weirder it is, the more I trust it. I know that sounds really. Strange. So what you? But what I'm what I'm what I'm asking you here is that when you are when you were in this dream state, you were you were you were dreaming from the standpoint of being one of those people that were on the plane that had been whisked off and transported somewhere else. In the dream, I didn't know I was ever on a plane. In the dream, my experience was just being forced up this mountain path. Right, right. But once you saw once you saw the the headlines about a missing plane now in that part of the world, you put two and two together, and you knew that you were getting a, or you assumed you were getting an image, or you were getting some sort of a, a memory or an experience after the fact, after the plane had been 
teleported somewhere and now all the people the man the flight manifest these people were being put to work in some kind of a way on a secretive island installation yeah as weird as i am i'm more planted on the earth i don't think we were teleported i think we were flown there intentionally okay. to kidnap those cloaking device experts mm-hmm. but that that's just my and then and then um my sister told me the plane was missing. So then I started looking in the area that the plane went down and I found Diego Garcia. Right. And then Field yeah. uh, McConnell started talking about, no, they landed, they droned the plane and they landed them on Diego Garcia. And then he, I think they also said that that other Malaysia plane that got shot down, that the bodies that they discovered on the ground had been dead for days. So that's gross. Well, this so, is um, this is the, you're talking about seventeen, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, listen, I don't, I listen, don't know a really, details, really enthralling I, call. If one you, was shot, another Malaysian plane, the same. Yeah, I got body you. Type. I got you. You know, you got to. Here's what you got to. Here's what you have to do. You have to uh, keep watching what's going on with this situation. And I, I got to thank you uh, for the call because we're wrapping up in a second. But but stay in touch with the show because I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, w- the last time that we had um, Ashton Forbes on, the first time and the last time we had him on, that was two thir- the last Thursday. The, the next day, last Friday, is when we saw <coughs> Kim.com came out and said, oh, well, I consider this this matter debunked. Since then... There is a debunking war that has started where the person that Kim dot, Kim.com has pretty much uh, washed his hands of this for the last time I saw. I could be wrong. I haven't really paid attention, but uh, Ashton is still at it um, because there has been uh, several things that have really, in his eyes, disqualified the people who have come forward and tried to poo-poo this entire thing. And uh, again, the, the biggest mysteries about 370 have, have not even, nobody's even really attempted or come attempted to come close to explaining what happened there. So I still actually intend, I still intend on bringing Ashton back in January to give us a full update on everything that happened since that last night before the supposed debunking happened. So the night that he had on with us, that was the night before that big thing happened with Kim.com saying, uh, I consider this debunked. And now uh, it, it, it's still it's been revived, so I can't wait to have a, I can't wait to have a uh, a nice follow up to all of that stuff. Let's see. That's all I have for you tonight. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to get home, and just get a little bit more work done and get all this up for you so that it can be uh, available and it's in it's in entirety on all of the affiliated platforms that this show is on. On YouTube. Tomorrow night, there's a few things we have set for um, for publishing on the Rumble as well. But Rumble has all the full episodes there, and they have where we are putting up our show clips there as well. But on YouTube, we are putting up all of the full interviews on YouTube. So over the weekend, you're going to get the full interview premiering with a live chat on uh, Timothy Alberino. Uh, there's also going to be the uh, the What's the other one that we had up there? Timothy Alberino. That's going to be a Saturday night. And then there is Ben Davidson is going to be up on Saturday as well. And um, and then Stephen Jonathan and Timothy Gordon will be up 
premiered with a live chat on YouTube on Sunday. So we are flooding the internet with quite frankly material. We're really trying to see what the grand vision of, uh, of what we've been doing or what we intend to do is going to, uh, is going to pay off as far as dividends and people finding the show and all that. So I, I, I'm, I thank you all for being here, for helping me create this nightly magic. And now we just take a little bit of time to breathe, reset. Maybe I'll go live some point over the weekend to have a cigar or a cup of coffee with you all. Matt, everybody loves you. Oh, thank you. I love everyone. He does. Equally. He does. He feels it. He feels all that love. And um, and that's that. Thank you, Stostube, who sent a whole sleeve of cookies in the, the gold pills. Um, thank you to Sean Joe again. To Jay Sims as Matt's the best. I don't think anybody is contesting that. So, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm going to get it all done. That all done, and I'll talk to you all soon. You ready? That's all. Good night, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much to Fleckus for coming back. The weekend roundup is starting right now on quitefrankly.tv, pilled.net. So if you're watching the show and you still have nothing going on for a little while later, uh, just keep the show on the uh, on the tube there and walk around and clean your house. And we're going to give you some fun stuff to watch and to just fill in some, some space, lighthearted fun, Christmas fun. All right? Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, a smell before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Stostube, Jay Brits, Dooku Dan, Shotzi, and Stostube again. Thank you to all of our friends on Pill.net with those wonderful gold pills. I will see you guys on Monday. It's Christmas week. Can you imagine? I can't. But it's here anyway. Talk to you soon. sleep with my wife.